0: Well, everybody, what can I say? This is a very weird time that we're all living in. Um, Millions of people have been laid off. Maybe you listening to this. Maybe, certainly somebody you know. Certainly somebody you know has been filing for unemployment. One of the strangest. This is the weirdest. I I can't even... You know, I just was thinking that my my grandfather, rest his soul, passed away in uh, November. And he lived his whole life, uh, born in the 30s, lived his entire life, never had to deal with a situation like this. I mean, he was born during slash, you know, after the depression happened and grew up in a world that was difficult to get work in, difficult for people to, you know, find work and make things happen. But he he grew up and lived his whole life and never had to deal with a a situation like this. You know, the economy's roaring and then comes to a, a screeching halt all in within really like a week, 10-day period of time. It's cr- it's crazy to think about. It sounds like it's uh some kind of dystopian, you know, soft science fiction novel. So, <laughs> what a great opening to a comedy podcast, but it's interesting because I had I've just been everybody's been talking only about this and everybody's only been talking about what we can do, what anybody can do and I've been having a lot of time to text friends and taking a lot of strength, I think, from texting friends and making jokes and all kinds of stuff. And one of these friends is Jeremy Miller, who's a uh, branding uh, marketer. He's focused on branding. He wrote a book called Sticky Branding. He wrote a book called Brand New Name. Uh, Had him on the podcast before, but he's a really intelligent, really funny guy. And we got to talking... Last week, and he mentioned to me, he's like, you know, I've been I've been seeing, I said this to him, I've been seeing his, his crisis messaging on LinkedIn, and it's been really good. And he mentioned to me, well, it's actually been really resonating. I've been picking up a lot of clients, which is great. And uh, not to say that to make you jealous of him, but that led to us going, well, we should probably talk about it because he's been picking clients up during a time when really uh the rest of us have been struggling and it's not like he hasn't been struggling either he makes it very clear he's been working like 16 hour days to make this happen um, but that being said he has lived through a number of crashes he's lived through the crash of 80, what 82 um he, that was kind of when he just just started like working I think for his family's company um he's he basically or 87 I forget I forget what year 82 would mean he's like almost 50. <laughs> I don't know how you are, how old you are, Jeremy. <laughs> anyway, uh, whatever that crash was in the eighties, he lived through that one, worked through that one, lived through the two thousand and eight, and ha- and really has, and worked through that one, and has experience and what he needs to do in order to get ahead of it. And he talks a little bit about it here. He's actually going to have a great course on it, um, on four twenty, <laughs> but he's going to have it. I'll have it linked in the show notes. But just him talking a little bit about his. Thinking and his feelings behind it I think is enough to give us uh, A little shot in the arm It certainly inspired me So I'm going to have some stuff going on Two, I'm going to be doing a, uh, a Happy hour uh, With a buddy of mine, Lancey Joe Who's a comedian here in Chicago I'm in Chicago by the way, this is where I'm quarantining And uh, we're going to be doing a show Called The Happiest Hour uh, Sign up in the show notes uh, There's going to be a link there You can get the sign up It'll be a live stream that goes on at like 5:30, uh, Central Time, maybe 5 p.m. Central Time. I'll have, the, I'll have all the all the details in there, and we're just gonna have a drink, have some guests, have some fun. It's gonna be a live stream, so come in and check it out. Sign up. Hope to see you there, and uh, keep a stiff upper lip and get ahead of this thing. It's clear that it, there are is opportunity still. There is opportunity for people who who have. Lost a job position to rally, and get, get in there, get online, find a way to do something. I know that's easier said than done. I know, I know, I know, I know. But Jeremy Miller's here to talk about it, and he's got a course about it. So take care, everybody. I hope you're well. And uh, here we are, my conversation with my <laughs> very funny buddy, Jeremy Miller. Ooh. Yo, buddy. How's it going? It's uh, it's going, it's going okay. I've got my um, I've got my uh Scotch drink here next to me.
1: Very good. Which, what are you drinking?
0: I uh, pardon me. I've got the the Traverse City Whiskey Company's whiskey, uh, along with a little bit of uh Viking Blot uh mead that I've mixed in. Uh, and then I tossed in some ghosted maple syrup. So, so you're
1: doing full on cocktails over there.
0: Oh, yeah, dude. I've got Do you think I would not get on this phone call without a fancy drink in my hand, Mr. Miller.
1: <laughs> have you uh, have you ever read the book Death and Co? Uh,
0: I've been to Death and Co.
1: So oh, which one? The one in New York? I
0: used to, I live I live around the
1: corner from it. Oh, man, I love that place. Uh, so have you have you seen their cocktail book?
0: I I have seen their cocktail book in their in their restaurant, yeah.
1: Oh my gosh, it's the uh it's like the cocktail bible. Like uh my liquor connect- collection now is larger than it humanly should be because I tried to make so many of the drinks in that book.
0: Oh my gosh, dude. Uh I my um uh my my unofficial older brother um he which is a whole other story. He lives in Boulder, Colorado, and that guy has the most, like, over—I mean, like, just he, like liquors and and spirits and mixers and things that you wouldn't even have. Even I mean, like from the the, the far corners of the earth, I feel like this guy's collected them. <laughs> and you walk into his apartment, and you're like, "Are you you like a drink, Rod?" <laughs>
1: See, that that's the way it's got to be. It, it, but then you get really snobby. Like, I, I'll go and order like an old fashioned or something. I'll be like, seriously, that's how you make that thing? It's like the easiest drink in the world. You can't even stir properly. Come on. <laughs> just,
0: yeah, I feel like if you're a really big cocktail snob, you can get away with it, though. Like you, you message me. I think it's not just cocktails with you, though, too. You like a good glass of wine, I feel like.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh I like it. Oh, I like everything wet, but uh, (laughs) but yeah, my 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 uh, alcohol budget. Nothing to read into there. (laughs) (laughs) It's medicine, man. It's medicine. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, But yeah, my uh, (laughs) my my alcohol. My wife doesn't drink, so she's like, "Yeah, you need to curb this a little. Like this is a little unreal, unrealistic."
0: That's so funny, Jeremy. My my fiance doesn't really drink either. Oh my God. But you walk
1: into my house and like, uh, yeah, like, like the liquor cabinet is better stocked than the average bar you walk into. And, and I'm slowly. So my thing is uh, I'm slowly building up a a, a wine cellar right now. Oh, yeah. And so what I because I'm stupid and my my uh, my wine palate keeps going up, uh, I've had to limit myself. So I buy one or two stupid bottles a month and then I just like store them.
0: Well, that's not a I feel honestly that's not a bad way to just go about it. My dad uh has a wine cellar in his house in northern Michigan. He's also got a vineyard. I don't know if I told oh. you about this. He's got a vineyard no. in, in his yard. And he has calculated he has exactly enough space for enough grapes to make wine for himself for one year. Mm. <laughs> so he's he makes his own wine and he's got this wine cellar and he that's the way he did it for a long time and actually some of the bottles he bought um, he keeps track of on I don't know their various wherever someone does that. Yeah, and apparently, yeah, apparently they are pretty have uh, you know when they peak are pretty good and can go for a a decent if you I mean I don't know what the resale value of his wine cellar is but apparently depending on the type of wines you get you can actually if you just buy things that you otherwise think are are mediocre then keep them in your basement for a while can actually go up in value quite a bit
1: well yeah age does everything for it like it's um like most of the stuff when you're going and buying and drinking is usually too young
0: yeah it's a a lot of it's meant to be kept for a while i only drink uh three buck chuck from trader joe's so (laughs) i used to be a and then
1: your 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 fancy mezcal margaritas
0: oh yeah oh yeah you i did i messaged you about that i made one of those the other day
1: you can't get mezcal in Canada, that or in Ontario at least. I I get all of mine in the U.S.
0: You can't get it. You can't get it in Ontario, really.
1: Yeah, our our uh, I don't know maybe the Canadian NAFTA thing's not working for us, but like our tequila mezcal options are just atrocious. Uh, like you can't buy Don Julio. What's that? 1870. Or, yeah. You know, like the, I think it's 18. Like the tall bottle. Like you can't get that here. Wow. Uh, Class Azul. All uh, the Class Azul. Like the um, the Reposado is like two sixty a bottle now. What? Yeah. Oh, my God, man. And it's, then there's zero Mezcal. Like the Mezcal
0: nuts. consumption rate in the United States is just nuts right now. Like the yeah. – the I was – I didn't even – I discovered it. I went out with uh, this woman who I'm, I'm, I'm close friends with in Austin, Texas, and mm-hmm. she, she was like, we need to go to this Mezcal bar. And it was this tiny joint. Literally, it's in a – it is a bar within a bar. Like there's a mm-hmm. bar – I don't even know where it is in Austin, but you go in and then there's a second floor, and if you walk through a false wall, there's another set of stairs that takes you to a third floor, and so that's, it's like a speakeasy yeah, mezcal like a spe- bar. Yeah, within another bar, and it's that's the only so the only place they serve mezcal, in that whole bar is in that tiny third floor bar. And if you don't know about it, they don't tell you. And we that was the first time I had mezcal, and it was unbelievable. And yeah. it's Good I mean stuff
1: is so interesting. It's, like it, it'll rival scotch.
0: Yeah, yeah, th- yeah. that was exactly my, I mean, and I grew up in a Scottish family, so like we just drew, drew that's what everybody grew up, I, when I was six and I was sick, my grandmother would make me a hot toddy with scotch in it, <laughs> like, they, that's the way they, you know, just always drank it, and it was really, you know, there was a lot of flavors, super good, so mm. Mezcal's kind of been the thing, but uh, it's difficult, I mean, it's expensive and challenging sometimes to even get in the States, because it's like, they make it in such small batches in these different, yeah. strange Mexican towns that you know yeah. yeah
1: you gotta you've gotta do your your homework that when i'm in new york i always go to asters and they usually have decent options there
0: mm. the uh this is this is good to talk about because i feel like in the covid crisis everybody is just at home drinking
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, and so when this thing started people are like rushing out to get toilet paper and one of my clients was like toilet paper wine i'm going to have my kids home for 3 weeks like no we we need all the wine
0: yeah Box or longer wine,
1: <laughs> good wine crappy wine i don't care what it is how else are we going to make it through here
0: my dad has just been every single day all he does is text photos of him whatever drink he's made <laughs> to like he's got he, this is talk about a baby boomer type thing mm. he's got this text messaging list of, like, 30 people that <laughs> he sends this message to, like, every day.
1: To sell, tell them what he's drinking?
0: Yeah. Like, it's awesome. just 30 different people text, and then they'll all text back what they're drinking. It's literally... <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it, it's kind of, I don't know, like, the thing I'm a little bit freaked out about now is, like, going into the liquor store and, like, because like I can't do that that shopping run quickly. Um, so... Like that's the one thing that I'm kind of like. eh, Do I really want to do this? So I like stock up, and then I'm like, "Damn it! I drank it all this week. What am I gonna do?" These <laughs> turning into harder choices.
0: The uh, there's somebody posted on Reddit the other day. There's a an image of like a uh, it said like it's like it's from the UK, and it was something like the corner near my recycling bins this morning, and it really was just a massive amount of bags and open bottles and <laughs> like just everybody <laughs> in the neighborhood <laughs> after a week of being home and doing nothing in the uk like we're we're just finally dumping all their
1: they're getting oh, oh my what, god do you have the term frosh 15
0: no no what is it? oh freshman 15
1: freshman okay so frosh week was, was was his first week of school first but for yeah freshman 15 uh yeah we're gonna have the COVID 19
0: Oh my gosh, man! The COVID nineteen, <laughs> the nineteen. 19- like I,
1: I'm really working on there, like crushing a ball of wine every day or so. It's just like, yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> and I haven't been to a cross. Like I'm trying to do like home CrossFit, but like I'm half assing that at best. So uh, like I've been to I the was, gym in weeks, and I'm just like, oh, I'm going to be chubby fresh at the end of this thing.
0: I was just talking to uh, I was just talking to a friend of mine before this, and we'll t- I'll talk about that in a second because it's relevant to the conversation I think uh, we'll we'll probably end up having, but. Uh, she was complaining that she was like, "I haven't done any exercise in days. Like, what? What is my life becoming?" <laughs> and it's so funny because I was like, "Dude, we're all stuck inside. Like, you don't need to worry about. Like, I'm trying my best. My my fiance is a, a yoga instructor. She's actually in the other room right now taking yeah. taking some remote instruction classes and doing a whole bunch of yoga. So every day we've been doing different exercises and stuff, which has been great. It's kind of like I've been quarantined with a you know a, a professional." you know, uh, what personal trainer or whatever, but.
1: Well, I saw your handstands. I was like, geez, like, look at you. Like, <laughs> were you gonna put your shirt on upside down next?
0: <laughs> yeah. Right, man. Thanks. I did. I've been trying to do, uh, I've been doing what I called the, the fifty fifty one hundred two hundred, 200, uh, or the five ten twenty, 20, which is every hour for nine hours. So at the top and bottom. So for 10 sets a day, I've been trying to do five handstand pushups, Ten pistol squats, five on each leg, and then twenty push ups. And I did that last week until finally one day I was like, I can't do this anymore. And I did that since the quarantine started. Hmm. Like so it's been like And you're doing that every hour? It's been like two and a half weeks, yeah, for nine hours. So from typically from eight A.M. until uh what, five PM, I'll do it every hour and so that's like 10 sets basically and now
1: us. it's just too easy for you so you gotta have to like double it
0: no i way more. i burnt out <laughs> it was like it was the opposite i finally got to a point where i was like i just need to take a few days off
1: <laughs> like so buddy of mine said the same thing so he's got um ruptured vertebrae and in, in like the top spine just from action sports and living a, a rough life just all that kind of stuff yeah just uh, being
0: a kick-ass bro it sounds like
1: yeah, like, and he's like a like a he manages his stress through working out. So he has his kids every other week, and so the weeks off, he's by himself. He can't work. He, he's a realtor, so he's like he has nothing to do. So he he does like four wads a day, and oh my God. Uh, and 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 now like all of his like spine issues have like gone through the roof, and he's like, yeah, and I'm on the bench already.
0: Oh no, no, no! Like, yeah, he, this he'll is do he, dangers he of overtraining
1: yeah, like you know the the crossfit workout Murph. Mm-hmm. That was his morning workout for five days in a row with a weighted vest.
0: Oh my God, dude, what? He st- he would
1: start that out and then he would do other stuff. like he'd go to the, like the beach and find like a rock and do like a hundred burpee box jumps onto a rock just for shits and giggles. And I'm like, you know what I did? I stayed stared at my computer for sixteen hours and uh, drank <laughs> wine for a few hours in the middle of that.
0: <laughs> oh my god, man! That's I mean, like Murph every day. What and for just for the listener to understand, Murph is a CrossFit benchmark workout. Um, you can look it up. It's like everybody's heard of it. It's like a Hero Wad, and it's you run a mile, you do fifty pull ups. Oh no, pardon me, a hundred pull ups, two hundred. Uh, push-ups and then 300 air squats and then you run another mile and this dude is doing it with a weighted vest on which some crazy people do Mm -hmm. and so and that every day for five days i did it every week for an entire summer um i did it once a week and it was rough that was rough i can't even imagine doing it every day you would just your shoulders would give out
1: yeah well yeah the people are are are, are you're trying to find uh, escape, right? Like, yeah, something. What is the way you're going to cope? Some people are eating, some people are drinking, some people are working out. Uh, like, I'm like going to going- <laughs> 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 Your fiance must be so impressed. Oh, there's there's Brendan again, just rubbing one out. Cool.
0: Just rolling her eyes.
1: <laughs> yeah, she's like, yeah, that's the guy I'm going to be marrying. Oh, great, he's
0: sticky again. He's sticky again. I wanted something I could I knew I could do every day. <laughs> so, oh my god, man, this whole situation has been crazy. Uh, the The conversation I had uh, with my actually really apropos because like we what prompted me. To, first of all, I've been wanting to jump on another you know recording session with you for a while. Um, I just you know have nothing but a great time talking to you, even when we text or when we just have calls or whatever. Um, it's just a ton of fun. Uh, Jeremy, you're just a, a really fun guy to to chat with. And um, I can see why so many people call your 1-900 number. But <laughs> I am... <laughs> I, I, um, <laughs>
1: that, that voice, it just, it really resonates, right? <laughs> yeah, this just is right true. down in your loins.
0: It's true. You need to do an ASMR YouTube channel. <laughs> is what you need to do. Where you're very, very close to the microphone and, and taught and just saying really reassuring things to people. <laughs>
1: But what is, so you just confused, what is ASMR stand for? I feel like I'm very ignorant right now.
0: Ooh, what does ASMR stand for? Hold on, let me, it's audio something uh, ASMR meaning. But what is it, but what is it, uh, <laughs> what does it actually stand for? This is,
1: this is. So, I, so I'm learning the things that you, you do in your spare time. This is Oh, wait, here we go.
0: Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. Okay, so, so it's a really complicated acronym. Autonomous sensory meridian response. Basically, it means it, but the the effect is that you you feel this strange sensation because there are like audio recordings of people saying things really softly and really close to the microphone, and it like causes people to have physical sensations when they do that. So you have a voice. Yeah, your reassuring voice can. can can uh what lure people to sleep um while you say that's your youtube channel so is
1: this why uh, billy eilish is so popular
0: dude i can't i don't understand what william eilish does he's a kid i just don't know anything about what his music's about i'm kidding of course i know billy is a she or they i'm not sure what billy identifies as um I don't know. At
1: that I, age, it's it's gender neutral.
0: I have no. F- I couldn't name one thing that Billie Eilish has done. I know that Billie Eilish is really at that age. It's gender neutral. <laughs> <laughs> that just that just registered in my brain. <laughs> Dude,
1: that was a just that was a slow burn punchline.
0: Well, thank you for coming for coming here from LinkedIn. I will be sending in my resignation. <laughs> um, the uh, no the the so what I was going to say though is like uh, the. That, that ASMR stuff—you should check into doing a channel. You can record really close to the mic. Probably get a lot of followers really quickly. But the the greater yeah, point that of this, be the, we,
1: the way to do consulting services—is just reach a whole <laughs> new, market, a whole of, new uh, market of people. Yeah, this is what's happening during COVID nineteen.
0: <laughs> just by very softly and reassuringly describing it. Um, <laughs> but just what what also led to me wanting to do this is you. We were talking the other day, and you were like, "Dude, my crisis." you know, uh, branding and messaging during, during this time has really been yielding a lot of, you know, people have really been paying attention. I've been getting some new clients and stuff. And that like mm-hmm. blew my mind. I was like, of course, Jeremy Miller in the middle of a crisis would be growing his business. So, <laughs> so I was like, dude, we got to get you on here. Cause people are freaking out. Like I just, the call I just had before this was, uh, a friend of mine who is a very talented woman. She does a lot of, and she's a stand up comic. So mm-hmm. almost all of her you know, dates have have completely gone. Um, you know, the world is kinda changing and stuff. But one of the things you said the other day, um, when I think we were we were texting was you were mm-hmm. like, you know, there's a lot of opportunity for for people to do other things now. And mm-hmm. and I think that's actually really the case. Like there is a there is a, you know, maybe one area of growth is no longer possible, but there is a potential to do something else somewhere else. So You've kind of been exploring that. And I guess I kind of wanted to hear your take on, You know, I mean, your, your messaging shifted really quickly on LinkedIn. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of amazed you were able to do it that quickly and mm-hmm. respond that quickly. And it doesn't surprise me that people have responded to it. But, um, you know, I just kind of wanted to get on and talk a little further about that and what you're seeing and, you know, what you kind of meant when you were saying that there's opportunity for other people sure
1: well i think the the first thing to do is just to frame my background on that because i have this sixth sense when it comes to recessions and part of that's because my family my parents ran a recruiting agency growing up so i can yep. tell you in vivid detail what every recession starting with 1989 was like because that's when it sucked so uh so when you when your childhood and critical moments in your life are shaped by downturns in the economy you get the sixth sense to it mm, mm. and when I joined my family's business back in 2004 we were coming out of the 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 recession after 9/11 and all the stuff that happened in the early 2000s and my first thinking or when we came into the company when I joined the company, we knew the next recession was coming. We didn't know when, but we were thinking of those contingency plans. And so we had actually built a plan. And when 2008 happened, uh, the recession that happened after that market meltdown, yep. we responded with equal speed and aggression. And in that period, when we should have cratered, with the unemployment rate peaked at that point at 676,000 in the US, our business grew. And What's when- in recruiting. In recruiting. Wow. And the way we did that was by rapidly shifting to find new markets and new areas for need and and really going after it proactively. Mm. And what happened with, with COVID, so March 12th is when the announcements in North America started that they were going to start locking down. So between March 13th, uh, that Friday through to the Tuesday, all of our, our consulting clients started really shifting to do the standard COVID-19 communication, that crisis communication and say, we're still open for business. Our people are remor- remote. This is how we're doing safety. Yep. But by Tuesday, Wednesday, the first week of this, the layoffs had already started. Yep. And businesses were really responding. And what I saw was that this is really a, a seismic shift and you got to get ahead of it really quickly because mm-hmm. – if retail's closed, if your supply chain's screwed up, if these opportunities are closing, we have no idea when they're going to come back, and real, realistically, it's probably a year. Yeah. So that's the case, how are you going to replace that revenue? You can act now, or you can act later, but either way, you're going to have to act. So we just started to hammer on this message of how do you recession-proof your business, mm. and using everything that I've learned over my career is, what we started to apply. And so in some ways, I feel like I've spent my whole career preparing for this moment. Uh, and and so what we do today is help business owners and companies find and and identify new customers and revenue streams. And in this moment in time, I think there is just immense need. Everybody mm-hmm is going through the same thing. What's different today compared to any previous recession, probably going back to just World War II, mm. there, it is a collective shared experience. Every person, every company in the entire world is going through the same thing. Yeah. And and so we all feel the same anxiety. We all feel the same stress. We all see the pain. And so my question and comment to every person is, how can you be extremely helpful right now? What mm. can you do What in terms of your products, your services, your expertise? What can you do to help somebody else out? And that's really the the path forward. It's not what you sold in February. Mm. It's what can you do right now to be generous and kind and and helpful? And not giving all your stuff away for free, but just being proactive because – if this is a year and a half of the fuckinging, which is what I'm calling this thing, <laughs> yeah. th- then hold what on, are like, you going to you go, hold on? How are you going to do this? You gotta, Sorry.
0: you gotta explain what the fuckinging is because I hadn't heard that term before you said it, and now I find myself te- texting it, it, it to all kinds of different people.
1: <laughs> so the fuckinging is a uh, is a meme that goes on when you're having a great day, and then all of a sudden, like. You step in dog poo and everything else in your entire day is ruined or something happens and the rest of your your glorious moment is shot and the economy and everything was firing on all cylinders. We were all fat, dumb and happy, making tons of money. And then the fucking happens, which is coronavirus and everything is busted now.
0: <laughs> yeah, dude, that's good. It's, this is definitely the fucking <laughs>
1: There's no other description I've got for this. So when the fucking happens, what are you going to do about it is really what the the, the message is for today.
0: Well, this is interesting because I feel like comedians are kind of uniquely in this situation in the sense that, like, they're – I mean, every comic I know has been laid low. Like, all of their dates are gone, all of their – I mean, as contract workers, it's really difficult. I mean, aside from maybe the fact that – depending on where you are in the world your government may or may not be trying to help you or to to at least some degree help you you know stay afloat during this kind of time but like it's really interesting because like there's just there, there's there's not a lot of people just really kind of don't know what to do so the call i had right before this was a friend was like i feel i feel this has been the most unique situation so i feel both overwhelmed and, like, I can't do anything at the same time, which I think is, like, kind of fascinating because, like, there's a lot of – I was even starting to feel this way slightly because I'm like, dude, I'm at home, so it doesn't feel like I can do anything. But at the same time, there's so much shit that I feel like I have to do. Like, I got to do something. I got to be on Facebook. I got to be on LinkedIn. I got to be on Twitter. I got to be on all this kind of stuff. How do you – and I know this is not, like, what you're – you know, you're you're not a personal productivity guru or anything, but I'm sort of curious, Jeremy. Just you're, I mean, just looking at your like the sticky branding website, your marketing, and even if you Google, like I should tell everybody, if you just Google Jeremy Miller and the and and that idiot actor doesn't come up, the instead the one from Punky Brewster, <laughs> Ben Siever, Ben Siever. Yeah, yeah. In case that one, if you if you Google Jeremy, a lot of the stuff that's coming straight up now is is a lot of the things that you're talking about recently, or have tweeted about, or message recently about, mm-hmm. you know, uh, crisis marketing or combat COVID nineteen or any of that stuff. How were how were you just able to get your ducks in a row to even do that? Like, I mean, look the bull with the mask on it. I don't know where you got that image from the. How to recover revenue taken by COVID 19 article. But, like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a mate. Like, that's was it's such an iconic image immediately. This is like Mm -hmm. really, really well done, man. Like, how did you get it all together that fast?
1: Fear and panic. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not joking. Uh, It it was sheer uh, fear as this thing kicked in. And as I said, the programming from coming from a a recruiting family Mm -hmm. that uh, I. I, well, I have an employee who works for me in Calgary, Sarah, and I didn't want to lay her off. I didn't want to come to that decision. and But all of our core services were almost made irrelevant on that moment in time. And mm. so how, I do not have a productivity hack. I am not a I would not even call myself. I'm the
0: master procrastination. Um, <laughs> yeah, we talked. We talked about the timeline for your book, which I will, I will, I will leave off of this podcast. But <laughs> we went through it, and I was like, "Holy shit, Jeremy!" <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: It, it takes me a really long time, and then I get everything done in a short burst of, uh, of panic. Like if, they, if you Google the the procrastination panic monster and the distraction monkey, that is my life. Oh my gosh! Uh, so the so the reality is when this hit, fear kicked in. And but every day feels like a week to me. So since this thing has started, Mm -hmm. uh, I would be averaging 15, 16 hour days, seven days a week. We've been working at an exponential pace. Uh, I don't think it's sustainable long term. uh, But. It's very purpose driven because I I do believe that the work and the message that is coming forward is the thing that people need to hear that you've got to get ahead of this thing. If this thing goes on for a year, year and a half and you're a common, you can't go to a comedy club.
0: You've got to figure out something else.
1: What's your other thing? And the other side of this is you'll hear economists say this is a black swan event, meaning this is a, a once in a lifetime unpredictable event. I don't buy that. I think this is a seismic shift that's going to affect social behaviors, government, economics. It's changing new needs and behaviors. And so this is the golden opportunity, especially for comics, is you have every tool and technology and platform available to you to reach your core audience. Mm. People are having live streaming events that you can actually be doing live comedy versus, say, YouTube comedy and recreating much of what actually goes on, and get real time feedback, especially with Zoom or Microsoft Teams, where you could see people yeah, live stream,
0: Yeah, all of that stuff is all people can comment in real time. They can, nobody can do that in a comedy club unless they could I mean, be echoing you. So right. This is, I mean, this is a really good point that you're making. I mean, Louis C.K. just released yesterday his newest special, hmm. um, "Sincerely" by Louis C.K. It's on his website. I haven't even watched it yet. And regardless of your feelings about Louis C.K., he could not have timed this better like people are inside they they he's a huge name like love him or hate him so many people are gonna go download and watch that special right now for sure
1: but the, it's i think the real opportunity is not for the louis cks and the dave Chappelles and the guys that have already made a name for themselves or, or gals uh let's be gender equal i guess yeah uh yep. the but
0: women can be it, funny too jeremy
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for pointing that one out. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the But the opportunity, I think, is for the people that are going to innovate right now. How mm. do you connect with your audience in a unique way? If you think of um, some of the comics that rose to f- to stardom using YouTube and not even entering a comedy club, mm-hmm. uh, there there's great examples of that. So I think there is this moment in time where you can ask the question – how can I bring comfort and laughter to people that really, really need it right now? And I don't think you have to give it away for free. This is the other side of it. I really think it's a mistake when everyone's giving their entire collections away for free for some silly idea of personal branding or reciprocation hopefully that it will come back to later on mm. i think you can actually charge for these services especially with live experiences so there's the the value of say a short snippet on youtube or or on facebook live but if you can create an experience think of it like um on um uh saint patrick's day when Dropkick Murphys hold a live streaming concert with a gazillion followers, like it was something they they did for free, but they blazed a trail to demonstrate the power of of what you can do to connect with people right now.
0: Mm, I mean, I, I, I feel like that's a real, like a buddy of mine, I think a good way to think about this, a good friend of mine who's a comedian started doing, he did, just did, I think last week, a few days into the crisis, did 24 hours of live streaming where he... He just interviewed, called people, interviewed them, and was on twenty four hours on Facebook, like live streaming, talking. And he he literally just had a Venmo me. It was the at it was the Lancey Joe on Venmo show. What's what he called it? And it was just the whole show just had his Venmo address right up on the front of it, and people were messaging him a couple dollars here or there. And uh, I think he paid his rent actually doing that for twenty four hours. Like
1: that's so awesome.
0: Yeah, it's kind of amazing, and, and I think that's actually a good idea. Uh, kind of a good maybe quick and dirty distillation of what you're describing, which is like, you look, just find something like Lancey went on. I should actually have Lancey on this show uh, to talk about that. Um, he's a, he's a recurring guest also, but he's a, mm-hmm. he's a comedian who, I mean, that's a great example. Like, look, I'm doing something. I'm not even gonna, you I can charge you. You can watch it or not, but the opportunity to pay me is there with a couple of bucks. And he got enough people watching over that amount of time who Kicked in five dollars here and there that he was able to basically pay his rent doing that, like that's and that's awesome. that's kind of exactly what you're saying, which is just I what do I have available? What can I do with it? How can I go at this problem right now in a way that solves in the immediate what I'm what my core opportunity is to help people? Because I feel like not to spitball too hard here, but I feel like you know if you're thinking about and this is me maybe reminding myself of this also, if you're thinking about what you're profession is in terms of how that helps your life you're thinking about it wrong like you're existing to provide value to somebody else and comedy exists to provide levity relieve tension help people have a good time and if you can't do that on stage doing it for other people you can find another way to do it with the resources you have in front of you you know i feel like Mm -hmm. we're all tony stark in the cave right now Mm -hmm. building our little iron man suit (laughs) To like come out and be stronger after this thing,
1: yeah, and and that isn't that exciting. And so there's a co- concept in my first book, Sticky Branding, called function that resonates. Resonates when you take two disparate services, combine them together to create greater value. Mm-hmm. And and I think this is another opportunity, especially for uh, speakers, authors, comedians, is how do you take your craft, say comedy, and combine it with expertise? Mm-hmm. So. Let's take you as the example here. You are a brilliant comic in, in one side of your life, but you're also a brilliant sales trainer and, uh, and business development expert on the other side of your life. Mm. Right now, in this moment in time for companies – digital marketing is largely not working. People are, like the channels are all overloaded. They're they're bombarded with content. So lead generations plummeted. The other thing is, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's like we've squished everyone down the triangle into psychological and safety issues. Yep. And so the most effective way to sell services right now is by picking up the phone and speaking to people and i spoke to a sales uh training firm last week and they said that the connection rate of getting access to executive decision makers has gone up by 40% in the last 3 weeks.
0: Oh yeah, i've noticed that too just in the day job. I've had to do a lot more cold calls because uh we were going to have a team hire a team couldn't do it, didn't want to do it while we're all remotely working and so i've been pushed back into doing basically what i've done you know, what I did for the, like 10 years ago for sales. And, mm-hmm. But I've also noticed that people are more willing to pick up the phone. I, right. I have to admit that getting the meetings has been slightly challenging, but just getting people on the phone is the first step. And a lot of them have actually been answering. So I feel like Ex- just anecdotally, I can say that's true.
1: So imagine this. So th- this is where where the crisis marketing model really fits in. Is how do you be really helpful? What can you do to sell? Uh, what products and services do you have to sell, and then how do you get it to the right people at the right time? Mm. Well, what happens if you were to you combine comedy and sales training to teach people how to gain executive access because, they need to sell new services they would never had before. So for example, maybe this is for comedians teaching them how to, uh, rather than trying to get money from their fans, how to get sponsors. Mm-hmm. And you could put together a, a course, it could be coaching, it could be different things, but you're, you're combining these expertise. And this is, uh, I think, the kind of innovation we need to think through, is our crafts are all in a state of flux right now, but if we are open-minded and creative... We can actually create exponential value that pays the bills and and grows you. Your, and if if you are really good at this and, you're, and are experimenting actively, you will probably find better vehicles to deliver your services and your expertise at the end of this than you have right now.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Hold on, I'm writing that idea down. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Invoices in the mail.
0: So, oh, yeah, <laughs> this is the, actually the reason why I called. I called you here today as I needed you to help me. <laughs> <I> <laughs> needed you to 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 come up with a business plan to save that income lost by COVID nineteen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what we're here for. And, 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 and so what what I'm doing is, uh, for example, starting on April 20th, I'm running a, a public workshop called the Crisis Marketing Workshop. And mm. this is exactly what we do. So week one, what are the opportunities that you have? What are the clusters that you could possibly sell by taking Different needs, different products, and and other thing ideas. Putting it together to find opportunities, and then we go out in the field and you test it. You talk to people and you survey them. Then we build the, the messaging. Again, you go out in the field and you test it. And you sell it, and this is really the the behavior we we need to have is to conscientiously identify a need, create a product or service back back of the napkin. Nothing too sophisticated. Call people, test it, see if it works. If you can sell it and you can make a nickel, you go on to the next time. And, and and if we do that well enough and fast enough throughout this whole year, you're gonna build a really kick-ass business.
0: Dude, I feel like that's this is uh this is uh this is gonna be my next thing. <laughs> I'm gonna have to start figuring out. Well, I feel like this is it's strange because I feel like this this is a time to to really think about that kind of innovation. Is like what are you gonna what what product or need can you can you identify? I mean, like right now, we I, I thought about this just on a, on a run the other day. There are so many people right now who are, I, I, I mean, a huge problem that exists is just like, what are we going to do with all these people right now? Like, what are we uh-huh. going to do with, what are you going to do to get uh, groceries sold people? What are you going to do to, like all of this stuff exists in, in the immediate and there's people who are already solving those problems. Like, there's just, a, the world suddenly got a ton of more problems and somebody's going to have to solve them. Like that's that's an opportunity right there.
1: And most of these, and th- there's big problems. Like, how do you get your groceries? I think the problem that every lady is going to be folk. I, I know I am. How do you get your haircut and not look oh like God, a homeless yeah. person gonna, in another month?
0: It's gonna be so weird in a month when everybody comes out of this. They're all gonna look at have big beards and ridiculous haircuts.
1: <laughs> like I, I think I think actually a, a really funny comedy series would be uh, giving self help uh, home haircuts. Self
0: help home haircuts.
1: Teach people how to do that, and then have the the before and after pictures. That'd be pretty awesome. Yeah,
0: I could call up a a, a a um, what a hairstylist to to zoom meeting into my home while I attempt to cut my own hair, and they tell me what to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, or it, like beard trimmings Hopefully, you don't lose an nostril.
0: Oh my gosh! Yeah, this beard. I still have this ridiculous beard. I got to get rid of it, man. It's, uh, I don't know.
1: I think you got to go for a year, quite frankly.
0: <laughs> well, they said the CDC says I like, now I got to wear a mask every time I go outside. So I feel like I gotta. <laughs> I don't know how how well it fits over this <laughs> this this beard.
1: Well, it it it, 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 it we, we these are first world problems. But the um, it's true. I guess the point I want to make with it before we lose it is there's big problems and there's mundane problems. Both have value to solve.
0: Hmm. Wait, do you think, where do you think, it's just, just uh, this is super interesting, I feel like this is going to be your next book, man, because this is such a solid, I, this is a solid set of ideas that I feel like it's it's really, and the fact that you've been through now, this is now your third, <laughs> your third giant recession that you're-, you're Yeah, yeah I'm, you're, I'm
1: getting very old in my, at uh, 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 this point old age of 43 it's starting to catch up with me <laughs>
0: you're, just, you're right you're like you're i i feel like there's there's a lot of wisdom in there um but i feel like what where do you think people go wrong on this because do you think i'm just from your anecdotal experience i notice like i mean i see comedians doing some stuff i see people creating things but i kind of i kind of feel like most people are in this like yeah we'll just see what this looks like when it blows over attitude like and I think that's the
1: biggest mistake you can make yeah pants down yeah um so here's my, my question for each and every person on this, especially to, to business owners. Do you have enough cash to make it to June? Do you have enough cash to make it to September? Do you have enough cash to make it to January? So if all things stay equal right now or even our slow recoveries, it's all about cash flow. So mm. if you don't have enough – if you're not like a Kardashian with banks full of cash and you, can, you can't ride this out – I know I can't mm. – then – Act because you don't want to be blown all your savings, have blown up credit cards, and then have to act. That is not a good place to be in. So, get ahead of it is mm. is the first thing, and then the second thing is, don't be a douche. <laughs> the I, I am so tired of these marketing and you everyone see them like, they're sending out the marketing and the Facebook posts and everything saying we're open and available uh, during coronavirus and we can offer the following services and we don't mean this to come across as opportunistic or icky but we're just here to help and you're like yeah but that comes across as opportunistic and icky and you just look gross so (laughs) like like people telling people that your business is open is douchey? You don't do that. Like, how are you going to be helpful? That's really what people are asking.
0: Yeah, nobody cares that you're available.
1: <laughs> like, we all are. Like, Monday is every, no different every, than Sunday anymore. So yeah, dude, yeah, all, cool. There's
0: only three days of the week now. There's yesterday, <laughs> today, and tomorrow. There's there's nobody. I don't even know. It's like Sunday, I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: it, what's the day? De- and uh, what's the day? De- what are you doing today? I don't know. It's hanging same, out at my home. Like same, the like,
0: same thing <laughs> I do every day. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! Making every-
1: cocktails and posting them to my friends, uh, my thirty friends on
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, on, on my, on my chat message. Yeah, mm-hmm. my group message, my group mm-hmm. chat. My, uh, I feel like we've all entered the world of Pinky and the Brain. We're like, what do you <laughs> want to do today? The same thing I do every day, Pinky. Get drunk yes. and and message my friends. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. And so, if that's the if that's the status quo that kind of messaging is that it is it, it's, it's at the end of the day, it's not bad. It's not going to hurt you. It's just, it's a waste of time.
0: Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, man, I, this is, uh, I, this is good for me to hear. I feel like this was like a, sh- uh, a shot in the arm that I kind of needed also. Not that I like have been you were posting,
1: <laughs> you're posting, telling people that you were open and available for comedy. I'm,
0: I'm open and available for comedy. All I've been, <laughs> and then it was a selfie of me looking at Pornhub. Like it, I, I'm telling there's you, there's a really close to your mouth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah, right. Really, it wasn't a full body photo. The um, the I feel like there's a giant not to switch gears this hard, but there's a there's definitely an opportunity to for for people to be posting funny content on Pornhub. They're they're they they are getting. I know this sounds crazy, but just hear me out. There is so many people watching that service, and it's all porn, of course. But it's like they're they're. Get do something funny. Put a funny, you know, like put a funny sketch together that doesn't have anything to do with porn or sex or anything, and just post it and see what happens. I might end up doing that because I feel like it's such an untapped market. Like,
1: so that so this is where you got that function that resonates. You're gonna do comedy, sales training, and porn on Pornhub. Yeah, <laughs> it's an untapped market. No one's even thought of it before.
0: No one's thought of this before. This is my three. <laughs> this is the best way for my three Venn diagrams to overlap.
1: can i ask you a question because i can't figure this out sure how is pornhub so popular right now when everyone's stuck at home with their kids and their spouse it's (laughs) like it's not like they don't know what's going on in the other room so like 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 what kind of open relationship do you have
0: (laughs) yeah right it's like and it. it's nobody's i don't know how they're doing it either man i think it's got to just be those college students who have all got their classes canceled i think that's the the whole thing that's keeping it going right now because nobody <laughs> nobody's you know god help you if you're by yourself in your own apartment during this entire thing i feel like well then it's
1: just going to look like a joystick at the end of it <laughs> Yeah.
0: It's just, i don't know man they did a they 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 did premium service for free for a year uh, or for a year, for a month because of this. I was actually, that's how I knew this was a real crisis. Like, as <laughs> I thought, oh my God, this is like, I can't believe they, that, now I know the world's really coming apart if Pornhub is like, fuck it, we'll give you our service for free.
1: Was <laughs> that a, a corporate social responsibility? This is their way of giving back?
0: I, they, I, they, they can certify they're a 501c3 after this. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so i don't understand this whole free thing it really does blow my mind that yeah, let's uh, talk about uh, that like,
0: because i know this is a solid principle of yours
1: well so i'll give you an example so my dad is is a, a photography junkie and he pays for a ton of training and courses every year and one of the the schools he followed put their whole library up for free say this is our way of giving back and so he went oh, wicked and he downloaded all all the courses, and he's like, cool, thank you very much. Don't need to buy from you again. Oh, uh, yeah. And and, and it's and it, that's an extreme case. But the, the thing is, most people are giving stuff away because they think there will be reciprocation. It will build my brand. It will build my following. And people will remember it, and they'll come back and pay me later. Mm. No, they won't, because everyone's giving stuff away for free. Everyone's got content overload. And no one can remember what they did two days ago, because in the coronavirus – every day is the same. same so you yeah. have no idea what you did yesterday <laughs> or what you watched other than you were killing hours. So I just think it's so dumb that everyone's giving stuff away for free, thinking that will make them money later when what they need to do is make money now.
0: What do you think... So what do you think they should do? Should they be... it, it, it should embed it in an offer? This is just return to, like, what, good marketing principles or something? Is that, like, I'm going to put together an offer and put that out there? like because, because I think that... I can see where you're going with this because it feels like the 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 offering it for free is an incomplete offer in the sense that in a in a real offer you would go i'm giving you this in exchange for that but mm-hmm. in this situation you're going i'm giving this in exchange for question mark i hope something comes back to me like mm-hmm. you're kind of just leaving it's like leaving candy outside your door you know or, uh, on uh, on halloween or something except you're doing it every day with your most precious assets so yeah, uh, yeah i mean like what what do you think it is
1: I think one thing is you can't necessarily charge what you did before the, the crisis. So mm. discounting and offering deals or promo codes, like having, like uh, if you're in e-commerce, maybe you charge for shipping and you waive that now, and maybe you're not making as much profit, but at least you're getting stuff at the door. Mm. Uh, and the same thing for content is, maybe you offer someone a, a 75% discount, but at least you're getting a transaction that you can use to, to grow with they've had to make intent to buy. Mm. Um, and so what is it that you can sell? And if your core products and your core content isn't of value right now, then what would be the content that's gonna be of value? This goes back to the, we keep going back to the same thing. How can you be really helpful and present in a moment that's shared by all right now? And and if you and people do as much as people don't have a lot of money, if you can create opportunities for them to to value whatever they're investing in it, I think that makes a lot of sense.
0: I think it makes a ton of sense. I feel like uh man, I just I'm looking forward to this thing on the twentieth because uh first of all, I'll be high because it's four twenty. But secondly, <laughs> I feel like this is a great I, uh, this is a like you're doing I just to break down what you're doing you're doing a service in the same way that you're describing like all these people are like what the fuck do I do and you're like this is old hat to me now sit down <laughs> let me show you how to handle a recession guys and that's kind of the what you've put together that's exactly the same you're just you've done exactly what you're describing
1: right and 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 in that, we're doing it with a group of people. We're all in it together, and it's action oriented. You got to get out of your comfort zone and talk to people and sell, and and that's really what the crisis marketing workshop's doing. And in my case, we're we're giving it away for like low low prices. So the way it's priced is four ninety five Canadian, which I think is about like a buck fifty American.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: No, it's it's like three hundred and fifty dollars, but it's uh, it's still it's it's trying to to price things at a way that is high value um, and it's not going to break the bank because. Typically, someone wouldn't be able to call and engage Sticky Branding for consulting services. So the question that we wrestle with is, how do we make this stuff really widely accessible? And and we'll try it. And if, it, if, if it's successful, we'll do it again. If it's mediocre, we'll think about it and retool. And if it fails, then so be it. We, we gave it a good effort, and, and you move forward with it. In this case, I know it's going to be successful because we've already got the critical mass. And mm. so – that's great, but I went into this fully aware that you know what timing may be off. It, we might need to do this again in June when people are ready and more receptive. Um, no, but they're receptive that's now. That's fine. Yeah, yeah.
0: So this, is, how many? Can I ask you how many signups you have, or how many people are attending the class? Is that too cavalier of a question? In this,
1: <laughs> with small numbers right now, so we're we're looking around fifteen, and uh, and just slowly growing from there.
0: Yeah, but those fifteen are gonna fucking hit the marketplace hard with their their ideas man i feel like this is uh i i i i think this is great i think people should sign up for it i'm putting the i have the link um the sticky branding dot com slash crisis dash marketing link in here because i am reading it as mm. as we're going through here this is really cool jeremy admittedly i i think it's amazing that you just have this much energy to and and i don't know how you have this much energy <laughs>
1: a fear is a great motivator, but it's also purpose. Like, uh, like I really do believe that this is an opportunity for people to rise up. Mm-hmm. I, and I think we have to rise up just on the simple needs that you and I are, are essentially small business owners and no one's going to giving us a bailout. So, uh, if we don't stand up to what we have to do right now, it's going to be a really awful year. But if we do this work right now, just imagine when the market starts to rocket back, what would look like, say, next year, Mm. the opportunities that we could create.
0: Then, yeah, are going to be huge. I've noticed this. Yeah, this is that's a huge point to make, which is like you don't just I mean, one, it's not just about survival, but it's about holding hard to what you're what you can keep your hands on. And then once everything starts clearing out, you're really going to be in a better opportunity to to. To, to do more than, I mean, especially if you have purpose, that's, that's pretty solid.
1: Hmm. And, and so every, but every, everyone, if everyone follows, like it's, this sounds egotistical, but it's not really meant that way. It's follow my lead, get out and act fast, be proactive, find ways to create value. And you'll find that this is actually really meaningful work, especially when you, you look at this Like before this crisis, I would look at my work very much as being in the ideas business and and being enraptured by ideas. Now it's in the purpose business of Mm. how do we help companies and people find new customers and sources of revenue stolen by COVID-19. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I mean, like that's a it's a heck of a purpose, dude. I mean, outside of this, I feel like what do you? Uh, what else have you? I mean, you don't have any time. Have you been streaming anything on Netflix, or have you been like, have you been watching anything?
1: <laughs> I, I did last night after you told me to watch uh, Dave Chappelle's Mark Twain special.
0: Oh, it's good, right?
1: Yeah, it was fantastic. I uh, well, he's such a, a savant comedian, and uh, and how he. I didn't realize the how early he started.
0: Uh, yeah, he was 14. I think he beat yeah. me by his two-
1: mom taking him to comedy clubs. Like, how awesome is that?
0: He beat me by by two years. Uh, I was 16 when I started doing stand up, so that'll probably be it'll be another two years before I get my mark Twain win an award.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is the the Netflix special coming out in uh, June?
0: The Netflix special is coming out in uh, yeah yeah. I don't know. They might have re- delayed its release schedule due to COVID nineteen.
1: <laughs> yeah. it, we, we're still working on the year, but it's a June.
0: It's a June sometime. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's yeah, so it's, funny!
1: It's a, it, like it's, um, a, he's amazing. Um, what What do you say is the the if you're going to watch just one special comedy special right now? What's the one to watch?
0: Honestly, I think that uh, his. Well, okay. So if you're listening to this and you haven't listened to it, you need to go listen to uh, Dave Chappelle's sticks and stones it's his most recent one outside of the um the winning the Mark Twain award but it's just so well done it's like it addresses a lot of things that were happening sort of in culture right before COVID-19 I mean it's amazing to me how coronavirus has changed like so much of the conversation so many things it feels like so many things have changed in such a short period of time it's gonna be I'll tell you what Jeremy and this is actually something that's kind of been motivating me is like It's going to be very interesting to see what comedy is like after this, that Mm -hmm. the number of comedians who, like Joe Rogan said it on his podcast, he's like, most comedians who are active haven't not, haven't not done stand up in more than like, for more than like a week, maybe two weeks at the most since they started doing stand up. And that's true of me is like, I mean, when I really started getting into doing stand up, I never went more than. You know, the longest time I went would be like a few months because I would be like in a place where I physically couldn't do it because there was like no show or, you know, I had all my time was like strapped really hard by doing something else. And literally every comedian is in that circumstance right now. And it's so strange to me because whatever we're like when we come out of this is going to be a really fascinating to see what happens to the actual stagecraft performance. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens to a lot of the like habits and things that people have built over this period of time, because there's probably going to be another, I mean, look, we might start coming out of this into May, but it will probably be until the summertime before many people are allowed to get back together and group large groups of people or, or, or even longer. I mean, who knows what that's going to look like, but it's going to be. I think you got to
1: forecast social distancing is going to be influencing the popularity of group venues like a comedy club. Oh, yeah. And I think that to me is my number one concern of the craft is how quickly do people return to that medium in in terms of an audience perspective? And if people are not returning to that medium, is there an alternative? Can you how else can you perform?
0: What else can you do? How else can you perform? What other places can you can you where do you where do these skills and talents translate where are other people consuming this media from? You know, how can I, how can I start to participate in that situation, in whatever that form looks like? Like, that's going to be... And then the people who... I mean, and those are different... I just thought about this this morning. It, those are different skills, maybe. Like, it could mm-hmm. very well be the case that, like, you could be a great comedian, performs on stage, you know, writes, writes great jokes but you are actually not very good at doing TikToks and Instagram TV posts and whatever. And now someone else who isn't that great of a stand-up is going to be better at those things and is going to reach... I mean, the whole form of the way we think about comedy might end up changing in the next year because of how this this is affecting it.
1: So what do you see... Like, if you don't have the the stage and the reciprocation of the audience and that energy and response, can you still have the same ability to craft and develop jokes?
0: Uh, yes. I mean, I think that, well, it's, that's a good question. I think that getting in front of audiences and trying jokes out is the way that most jokes are refined. Mm -hmm. I think that, Other people have tried things like Twitter, you know, a lot of people do it on Twitter. They write on Twitter a lot. Mm -hmm. A lot of people do it on Facebook. I've always been the kind of comedian that needs to get in front of a group of people and work the joke out a a lot by going in front of a bunch of different audiences. So this is challenging me to be like, well, how good of a joke writer are you? And it's funny, actually, because... I, and even though I've been doing comedy such a long time, I've never really thought of myself as a good joke writer. I'm a, a, I think I'm a good comedian, but I'm not Mm -hmm. quite a a good joke writer. And I started going through this process of writing 10 jokes a day since the beginning of the year. And Mm -hmm. now I'm in a position where I'm like, well, this is really, you know, now you got to really tighten up, you know, you got to really tighten up your material. You got to Try writing really hard, really good jokes that you really like and and maybe get resonance on social media and then put those later into some kind of performance you know, but I think that you know uh, sometimes it's a process of just saying them out loud, so I don't know i th- I guess the answer to that question is I'm kind of trying to find my way through it a little bit.
1: One of the things I haven't seen yet, but I think would be interesting is to so for example, I'm seeing a lot of um like cocktail hours or or um people getting together in social type of settings on uh like zoom or 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 microsoft teams and the, you'll have like 10 20 30 people there like this evening for example uh, my crossfit gym does a wine tasting thing every uh every sunday so you got like mm. 50 people that will show up on a a Zoom meeting, basically, and one person is facilitating the whole thing, and you got all these little pictures and windows of people participating. And I would wonder, from a comedy perspective, if you put together like a webinar or or a live type of meeting, but you don't record it, and, and you work your material with live audiences and maybe even put A voting or rating system in there because you can watch in real time if if people are laughing or not oh yeah and and then if that experience is really positive and say once a week we come in and we tune in to see uh brendan and three other friends each do say seven minute bits and it's like a, a, a 25 30 minute experience That'd be kind of cool. Like it, then you're you're live, you get to see it, you get to work on your material. Sometimes it'll work, sometimes it doesn't work, but well then you're taking yourself to a whole new audience.
0: Yeah, this uh this this video uh this link on LinkedIn will be accompanied by a form that you can fill out if you want to join the uh comedy happy hour that I'll be putting together. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, like every uh, every Sunday at four thirty come see uh Rafe Cortez and
0: Friends. Yeah, Rafe and Friends. <laughs>
1: callbacks to previous episodes the, now. the,
0: the conquistadors <laughs>
1: <laughs> but i don't know like I, it could be just a dumb idea but it's it's where can we create experiences using the technology that we have and i think if all we're doing is instagram live and uh and instagram stories and and tiktok we're not necessarily p- playing to the strengths of playing to our strengths because the problem is if you're really good at a 30 second joke experience and you, you you can capture someone great but say you're a storyteller if you look at like uh a, like a Jim Jeffries or, or Patton Oswalt like they're storytellers they're not going to give you a TikTok type of experience
0: yeah it's funny I thought of Patton just the other day where I thought you know I've never seen Patton doing do a TikTok and I think it's for exactly that reason it's just not his medium
1: no and like but if Mike Berbiglia a, a year or so ago did was doing like one man show type of, yeah, of a whole a
0: whole show that was just one story
1: Yeah. Like, th- that like could we pl- th- this is this is it's new world you don't know if you can monetize it but you you got time on your side and people and you have attention available.
0: Um I think this is a great idea. Uh actually I think I'm going to do that this week you'll see it. So when I push this episode and then you share it, I'm going mm-hmm. <laughs> to rely on you for getting some of the people going okay. uh signed up to this. I actually think doing it on on LinkedIn will be a great idea. People needed some relief. So it's probably and it's actually not a bad place to go for it. Um oh. we we've, we've been on here for an hour man. I'm going to link to your uh the the crisis marketing on this and for the price I think it's actually great. Uh I think I think that especially just based on the value that I've gotten out of this conversation, I look forward to the, uh, invoice that I'm going to receive because (laughs) it's clear, it's super worth it.
1: (laughs) Well, that's the benefit of, uh, bringing people on your pod, right? I guess,
0: I guess, I guess so, man. (laughs) Uh,
1: Anytime. I always love chatting with you,
0: dude. It's a lot of fun. And, uh, and let's uh, you can expect ex- expect. I'll add you to the uh to the group with my dad, where he sends out messages of what he's drinking every day.
1: Uh, well, I, I want. Well, I've got your drinks, so I'll throw in mine. I want to see what he's got to say. That's so funny. Um, we'll get the our death and co drinks going.
0: Death and co drinks. D- death and covid drinks.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> the number of covid jokes that are we're gonna hear for the next year.
0: Yeah, we're a bunch of covidiots over here telling these jokes back and forth. <laughs> Uh Jeremy thanks for coming on man.
1: Hey my pleasure always a fun uh time to chat.
0: Yeah good talking to you dude. Take it easy. Thanks so much for listening to the Madness Continues Podcast. Once again, this is Brendan Lemon. If you liked what you listened to, please take a minute to like, to subscribe, to give us a rating. It really does mean a difference. I say us like there's more than one person doing this. Uh, It's just me, everybody. So every little bit of support you can lend would be really appreciated by me. If you want to share this podcast, it would really, really, really mean a lot to me. I hope you come back. I hope you listen and check out the other podcast I produce, Funny Planet, where we talk to different comedians from all over the world about what they're doing and how they are funny in their own cultures. You can learn a thing or two and you'll have a laugh too. Anyway, take care. Take it easy. We'll see you here next time.